Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, the sports car market podcast. Market experts and car friends for over 30 years, Keith Martin and Mark Green have come together through their mutual love for collector cars. Keith and Mark will take you on a ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so that you know when to make your own decisions to buy, sell, or hold. Hello, I'm Mark Green from the Cars Yeah! podcast. And I'm Keith Martin from Sports Car Market Magazine. Welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold, The Essence of Collecting. This is show number six. So, Keith, how are you doing today? It's a great day. My son just got out the door and he's going to catch the school bus on time, I hope. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. And my car's wife wouldn't start, or my car's wife, my (laughs) wife's car. That's how discombobulated I am. I understand. Yeah. The wife's car wouldn't start this morning. So, uh, yeah, you're 12 year old and, and my not so 12 year old. Uh, have different challenges today, but they all are doing fine. She's jumped in my car. Hope she takes care of it. Not doing burnouts down the street, but we'll see. I can actually see the school bus coming up the street here. All right. Bonus. And he was there before it. So, okay. <laughs> yes. Go. We won't have you run off and take him to school this right. morning in the, uh, the mighty, uh, elf Volvo, which you've, exactly. uh, listeners have heard about before. Well, today we have the first woman on buy, sell, hold, which is kind of special. And it's especially uh, special for me because March is Women's History Month, and March 8th was International Women's Day. Uh, Love seeing more women in the automotive sector, which I think is pretty cool. I've had some amazing women on my Cars Yeah! podcast. Uh, Just to name a few, Jennifer Mayer, who's uh, Tech Force Foundation, America's Automotive Trust and LeMay Museum president and CEO. I uh, had Jackie Frady from the National Automotive Museum, Dana Rappaport from Tech Force, Lynn St. James, of course, from RPM Foundation, all sorts of wonderful women. And of course, I've had your daughter, Alex, on the show. So I thought we'd chat a little bit here to talk about women in the automotive industry, how we're seeing more and more, and how they add a whole new dimension to the automotive collecting set. I think that you're seeing a couple of things going on. First of all, there are more and more women who are on the software, IT, and technology side of this business, which is becoming an ever-increasing part of it. You know, in, in fact, cars are really just kind of mobile computer systems these days, even more than they are machines. So I, I think that you see that. I know with my daughter at Daimler Trucks North America, in the position that she was originally hired to fill in sales and marketing, she was the first woman to have a degree. Really? Who was in that position. Wow. Her bosses was very encouraging and helped her along. And so, so I mean, it's you're just seeing the automotive world, which has been quite chauvinist over the years, understand that uh, women are really smart and bring a whole lot to the table. <laughs> yeah. My regular listeners on car, you see, I have heard this a million times. My wife is way smarter than me. She was an engineer. And one of the things that I've always said is if you're in a good relationship with somebody and you're going to make a large purchase decision, you always ask for their opinion. And one of the things that uh, when I will think about buying a collector car, I'll ask Jill and she'll always say these words. Well, if you think that's smart, which is typically code for that's not a good idea, but sometimes I've taken that advice. Sometimes I haven't usually to my detriment. But women do make a lot of buying decisions with cars. If you look at the market sector, over 50% of the car buying decisions are made by women these days. Well, you know, what I've learned is that you cannot buy a car for someone else. 
When I was uh, running the Ron Tonkin Ferrari store, I had a very good friend come in who wanted an Alpha Spider, and I said, "Well, you know, they're really that not, not that reliable." And let me put you into a Honda CRX because that's a great car. You, you'll never have any problems with that car. She gets into the CRX. Two weeks later, she's back and she said, "I'm trading the car in. I want an Alpha. I don't know why you talked me out of it." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that was a good lesson learned for sure. And. Having uh, you spent many times in a car dealership and kicking tires and talking to them about things, I was just in having my car serviced a few weeks ago. My uh, longtime salesman at BMW Northwest, um, Ron Hansen, he's such a great guy. And I've asked him about that, about women and buying. He said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, it's amazing how it's changed. And he said how much more educated about vehicles women are today because you can gain so much knowledge. So I think it's great. What is Alex doing these days at Mercedes-Benz? Well, she's in uh, marketing and new product development. They had her get her Class A commercial driver's license by, uh, you know, drive towing a forty-foot trailer really? and backing it around a ninety-degree turn into a, a bay. Oh wow! Uh, and what we fi- I found out from her was that if you take the test, the Class A test, driving an automatic, then your license is not good for driving manuals. If you take it on a six-speed non-synchro manual, then your license is good for automatic and manual. So she took the test. They have her go- and passed it. They have her going out to, uh, to middle schools for career day, showing up. Uh, she's, you know, five foot tall and weighs yeah. 95 pounds. Uh, and she hops out of the cab of this semi to see all the uh, young <laughs> girls who are there. I also think, Mark, we talk about getting young people involved in cars. And, and I believe that the way you do that is by getting them involved when they're really young. Yes. Uh, well, and I'd say with my daughter, you know, she learned to drive when she was 12 on a VW thing, and uh, she has muscled around my old cars with non-synchro gearboxes. My Land Rover 88 had no non-synchro first. And I think all of that has helped her in her career because she understands cars and trucks, but she was introduced to them young. It wasn't like she was 24 and never driven a stick and then put in that position. Very cool. Well, you did a good job in preparing her. Little did you know. She'd be driving big, big trucks. Oh, I know. Well, it's all on her. You know, I gave her the VW thing, but she's the one that's taken her career and run with it. No doubt. She's a very, very smart woman. I really uh, loved having her on cars. Yeah. Well, we'll be back in a minute to talk with Ilana. Ilana Cher was who we're going to be talking with today. But first, a special offer from Keith's team at Sports Car Market. We'll be right back. Here's another buy, sell, hold special offer. Do you love knowing what the collector car market has done when it comes to values? Of course you do. The Sports Car Market Platinum Auction Database puts 31 years of auction results right at your fingertips on your mobile device or your computer, no matter where in the world you are. With nearly 300,000 records, that's right, 300,000, it has the information you need to make an informed decision on that oh-so-important classic or vintage vehicle purchase. You'll receive all this for a mere $5.50 a month. That's less than the cost of a sandwich. As a Buy, Sell, Hold podcast listener, use the code PLAT50, that's right, P-L-A-T-50, to get this special discount. Just go to sportscarmarket.com slash platinum50 and the cart will automatically discount your order. Plus, Platinum subscribers also receive access to the full library of back issues of Keith Martin's Insider's Guides, a valuable resource for anyone in the market for collector vehicles. That's sportscarmarket.com slash platinum50. Get your discount today. So, Mark, 
Who will we be talking with today? Today, we have Alana Scher on Buy, Sell, Hold. Alana Scher didn't grow up in a car family, though, but she has made up for it with lost time. She started her wheeled career in motorcycle parts, fabrication, then she did a stint in automotive PR before moving to the editorial side. She was a staff editor at Hot Rod Magazine, an editor-in-chief at Roadkill Magazine, and currently reviews new cars for Edmunds and Car and Driver, while also covering classic and car culture for American Car Collector Magazine, Sports Car Market Magazine, you know what those are, Keith, and other enthusiast titles. Ilana and her husband Tom have a large collection, more than a dozen, mostly carbureted vehicles, including an Opel GT, that's cool, several muscle cars, and a classic open-back ramp truck race hauler that originally belonged to pro-stock legend Dick Landy. They cover their collection and keep it running on the Challenge Her, get it, Challenge Her YouTube channel. Along with Car Projects, Alana is also writing a very cool book with Don Prudhomme, that guy called The Snake, about his life and racing career. So, Alana, welcome to Buy, Sell, Hold. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you guys so much for having me. You're welcome. Alana, we're so glad to have you on this show. Uh, you write so beautifully, and I'm, I'm told that at our seminar at Barrett-Jackson that you were a real standout down there. So thank you for everything you do for American Car Collector, Sports Car Market, and the car community at large, and welcome to the show. I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to work with you guys. You're always so nice to me, so, you know, like, saves me a lot of money in counseling. Very affirmative. (laughs) So let's jump right in here to buy, sell, hold. If you could describe the collector car market today in one word, what would that word be and why would you choose it? Okay, I would go with transitional. I feel like right now we're really at a, a changeover in what people are starting to be interested in and starting to collect. I mean, I think that Collector markets are always changing, so it's not like a risky word to say. But in in this particular case, I think that what we're seeing is kind of a move from the classics that we have been seeing for decades. Because I really think the muscle car collector era like lasted a long time um, as kind of like the the key time period, even in exotics. I mean, I'm more of an American car person, but I think that. Everybody was sort of thinking about the 60s and and very, very early 70s as like the time that was going to be the collector market forever. (laughs) And all of a sudden, we're seeing all of these cars from the 80s and 90s that people are really into. And today, today we're going to talk about three vehicles in your life that have made a difference. One you have purchased, one you have sold, and one you would never let go of. Let's start with the buy. Talk about a vehicle that you bought that was really special to you. Let us know about the purchase process. Was it simple, complicated, and why did you want this car so badly? Oh, gosh, there's so many cars. I I guess for the buy, I'm going to talk about my newest car, which is a 1981 Turbo Trans Am. It was almost a surprise to me to find myself wanting one. Um, I mean, obviously, Smokey and the Bandit Trans Ams are always awesome. And uh, I have a game I like to play at dinner with, with people I don't know super well and just be like, hey, uh, you know, what's the coolest car of the year that you were born? And so, like, for me, that would have been a Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. Um, and then when I started looking at them, I realized I, I really liked the turbo ones. Uh, they just had the super cool hood with the offset scoop and this early, early use of a a turbocharger on a 
on a V8, you know, it's so badly designed and yet there's something really cool about it. So uh, last summer, my husband, Tom and I, we started looking and I could not believe how expensive they were. Uh, I was not prepared for it. You know, I thought that they would be, I was thinking of them as being like $10,000 cars and I started looking for them and they're $30,000 cars. And I was just like, it's not that good of a car. I mean, I want one, but I don't want anyone else to want one. Um, and then we we finally found one that was, um, it was a few steps down in what I had initially wanted in terms of being sort of ready to run. But we were able to get it for $6,000. So, how, how did you find um, it? Where did you look? That, that was a Craigslist car. Um, okay. I mean, we were looking... We were looking in a lot of places and, um, you know, sending links back and forth to each other. I saw quite a few on Facebook Marketplace, which I thought was interesting. But I think that that ended up being a Craigslist car. And it it ended up being a car that a guy's friend had purchased while he was out here visiting. And then that guy went back to New Zealand and left the car in this guy's driveway. And this guy didn't wasn't interested in 80s cars. He was like a classic car, like a much older classic car guy, 40s, hot rods kind of stuff. And so it was just sitting there leaking in his driveway, you know, making the rest of his family irritated. So I think he was, he ended up being very eager to to get rid of it. And his friend was just out of the picture by that point, didn't care anymore. So it was kind of a, a lucky purchase for us. Let's say I bought it last summer and I still haven't driven it since we started working on it if that gives you some idea of how much work it needed <laughs> that thing has that uh that garrett tvo 305 turbocharger that was oil cooled i believe yes yeah there's it's uh it's got an oil line um yeah interesting interesting technology for early turbocharged vh <laughs> for sure well it's funny because most of the turbo cars I've seen, you know, especially coming from Hot Rod, are these sort of big twin turbo setups, maybe LS engines, uh, you know, these beautiful turbos set up front, getting, you know, intercooled, all this stuff. And uh, and then there's this one where it's like, oh, you put the turbo on top of the manifold in the middle of the engine bay. Mm. Okay. Good <laughs> that luck. was a decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here, uh, let's talk about a memorable sale. Uh, something you've owned and sold and you you kind of had to really think hard before you sold it and do you regret selling it what was the process and why did you let it go well anybody who's ever been to my house would tell you we don't sell very much <laughs> but um actually the only car that i have owned and sold personally i mean tom and i've sold stuff that we owned together before but the only car that was mine you know, before I met Tom and got married and that I eventually sold was a 1973 Plymouth Duster, which was my very uh-huh. first car. I didn't learn how to drive as a kid. My folks weren't into cars. And so when I was in college, I ended up having to buy a car so I could get a driver's license. And uh, my neighbor who was into into classic cars helped me find one. I'd wanted a Nova. And he's like, I don't like Chevys, but I like Dodges and Plymouths and a duster basically looks like a Nova. So that was sort of how I ended up with the, with the duster, which I love ended up changing the, I had to learn how to change the starter on it before I could even, you know, legally drive it. Cause you know, I lived in Hollywood, had to park it on the street, you know, pull it up on the curb and crawl underneath it. But eventually it got to the point where um, I got a, I got a challenger and I was just like, I like the challenger so much more and I really don't need 
both a challenger and a duster. Like they, to me, they were doing the same thing. I think it's totally fine to have as many vehicles as you want if they do slightly different things. Um, but I don't like to have kind of, you know, some people like to have a ton of the same car, which is cool too. I mean, it looks good in photos, but uh, for me, I like them to be very different. So um ended up listing the duster. I think we sold it on eBay um, and I got a, a, a decent price for it. This was a while ago. So I think it maybe sold for, I think 7,000. Uh-huh. And um, and I bought it for like three thousand. So, oh, of course, it was, it was a good deal. Do you for ever me. wish? Um, and and ever, I've had it for a while. Yeah. Do you ever wish you'd never sold it? No, um, I don't. I know that that's a common thing for people to miss their first car, and I have great memories of the Duster. But I sold it to a wonderful couple from Nova Scotia who came all the way down and then drove it home. So I remember we we had to fix the heater because I had just locked off the heater because I think that. I don't know, something was leaking and we had to fix it for them because they were driving it home. And I was like, it's going to be too cold for them without a heater. So, uh, and yeah, and they made it home and, you know, they had a heated garage and I was just like, it's going to have a lovely life. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it went off to a good, a good home. Did it have the, uh, yeah. the, the famous duster uh, graphics on the back? I think they're in the back fender, weren't they? They had kind of the whirlwind. Am I thinking about the right car? Yes, that is the right graphic. Um, I don't, I think they had them in 73 and um and this car didn't have it it was it was a triple white the white vinyl top white interior oh, wow. bucket seats and wow. um and white exterior it did have the cool fold down back seat it was a very useful car i um uh, i recommend a duster as, as a as a good starter muscle car they're they're easy to work on well in the wonderful malaise area uh, era i should say of collector cars too so uh the 73 that's fantastic well, let's take a short break and talk to our sponsors. The Keys team has another special offer for you listeners, and we're going to be right back to talk about a memorable vehicle that you'd never let go. We'll be right back. Here is one of the country's finest automotive events that you should not miss, the Amelia Island Concorde Elegance. Now in its 25th year, this multi-day iconic event takes place March 5th through the 8th at the Ritz-Carlton on the beautiful Florida Barrier Island of Amelia. You'll enjoy seminars, road tours, an RM Sotheby's auction preview, silent auction, a delicious banquet dinner, the Porsche driving experience, and Saturday's cars and coffee at the Concours with over 450 incredible cars and inspiring people. Then there's Sunday's main event, the spectacular Amelia Island Concorde d'Elegance, where you'll get to see 300 significantly historic vehicles. Roger Penske is this year's honoree, and there will be many past honorees attending who are the leaders and shakers in the automotive world. The Amelia Island Concorde is a 501c nonprofit foundation that raises money for North Florida and many national charities. Learn more at ameliaconcours.org. That's ameliaconcours.org. And we'll see you there. I've been subscribing to Sports Car Market Magazine for decades, and it shows up like clockwork in my mailbox every month. But what about when I'm on the road? Did you know that digital subscriptions to Sports Car Market are just $2.50 a month when you sign up with the promo code DIGITAL50? That's less than a cup of coffee. You get 50% off regular price just for listening here to Buy, Sell, Hold. Plus, digital subscribers receive instant access to a year's worth of back issues 
and the exclusive Insider's Guide, including the 2020 Insider's Guide to the beautiful Amelia Island Concourse and all the spring auctions as well. No more boredom while sitting at the airport or on your flight. To get your Sports Car Market digital subscription at this discount, go to sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. Your order will automatically get you the 50% off. What a deal. Go and sign up today at sportscarmarket.com slash digital50. All right, we are back. And Alana, I want you to talk about a car that you'll never let go. This is uh, something that you're definitely going to keep. Share a great memory you have with that. How did you find the vehicle or did it find you? Okay, again, I know that this is like most people have like this. I would never, uh, you know, I would give my life for this car kind of thing. And I feel hugely affectionate about all of my cars. I mean, I really like them. I, I'm kind of a dork, you know, I'll get home from a long drive and like give the car a little kiss on the steering wheel and be like, good job, bud. You were great. But I also feel like any car I have, if like the right offer and the right person came up, I would consider letting it go to a different home. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't own anything that's so rare that they're, there isn't a possibility of replacing it. Um, that said, um, I have had a 1970 Challenger probably 15 years now, um, maybe more. And I bought it from the original owner. Um, his name is Harold Pope. Hi, Harold. <laughs> it's a B7 blue car. Uh, it was originally a 318. It's on its third engine, maybe. Um, I learned a whole lot about engine building from working on it with Tom been drag racing with it it's been in all these different been all these different car shows it's been in various different videos i've lent it to people it was on top gear america it's it, you know it's i've just done really cool things with it i've gone on great road trips with it you know it's one of those cars where you drive it somewhere like even just a basic errand and you come out of the grocery store and you're walking in the parking lot and you see it and your first thought is Wow, that's a really cool car. <laughs> and then it's and my then you're car. Like, oh, that's my car, yes. And yeah. um I feel really good about it and I think that it would take a very special person and offer for me to send it off somewhere else. To let it go. Yeah, I'm gonna take you back in time a little bit because a car you've had fifteen years is is a special car, I think, on anybody's uh ground. I Keith, have you ever owned a car for fifteen years? I have. I've got one I've owned for uh, over thirty. Well, there you go. There you go. So the love love of his life. Well, I wanted to take you back, Alana, and have you think about the first time you got in that car and gave it a drive. What was that experience like for you? The very first time I ever drove it, it was incredibly disappointing because it was a 318. It had been sitting a long time. It was very smoky. Um, It was very faded and rusty, crusty. And I had at the time, I had a 1972 Challenger with a huge 440 in it. I mean, like um, a huge, like a built 440 in it that I'd been drag racing that ran like 12 second quarter miles, and you know, which at the time was smoking fast. Now you can just buy a scat pack and run a 12 second quarter mile, but but at the time it was a very very fast street car, and it was like super rowdy. It was flat black, and it didn't have any door panels, and people would glare at me if I parked it in their neighborhood. And so then I, I got in this, the 70, you know, which everyone was telling me was much cooler than the 72, but I was like, I have a flat hood and it's slow. (laughs) 
it took actually kind of a long time for me to get to the point where I was like, oh no, this car is better and I'm going to sell the 72. And you know, now it's a totally different experience to drive it. You had to build a relationship with that car. Yes, definitely. It was like, I wanted to like it, but I really didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Alana, let's, let's skip forward here to the perfect all around collector car. What would be your choice? It could be a car that you already own. It's not the most exotic. It's not the most expensive, but it's the car for you that is the most fulfilling to do almost anything in. What car would that be? Fantasy car. Um, a, fantasy, a fantasy all around collector car. If you guys will allow me, I'm, I'm going to do three because I feel like there's, <laughs> there's like these different, there's different kinds of fantasies, right? Like there's the fantasies that you're pretty sure you could fulfill. And then there's the ones that you might be able to do. And then there's the ones that probably aren't ever going to happen, but they sure would be great. And, (laughs) um, and so, uh, in that same order from kind of attainable to probably not, I would go with, um, Jensen Interceptor, uh, a fifth gen Viper and a Lamborghini Miura. I like those choices. Yeah. Let's jump to the Miura though, because that's the one I like (laughs) out of your choices. Let me add, you let, would. Let's add, well, of course, I kind of like, well, yeah, I like the collector cars. But, you know, in the in the spirit of this question, when you think about it all around collector car, what would the Mira do for you? How would you use it? Well, I'm pretty willing to, to drive things that most people don't consider to be particularly drivable. Um, I mean, I think anything that was ever sold as a production car can be made usable. And I know a few people who, who have mirrors and who drive them. And I think that to have something like it's a car where nobody has to know anything about it to know that it is spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, you know, like you're never, ever going to meet anyone who's like, that car doesn't look cool to me. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. If you do, you're in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> I just don't think it's possible. I don't, I don't think anyone would ever look at, at a mirror and be like, that's ugly. Like, I've never had it happen. You could have other complaints about them. You know, you could say they're not as fast as they should be or they catch on fire or they're, (laughs) you know, not, not good for towing a boat, whatever. But like, no one's ever going to say that it, that it isn't just an absolute gorgeous unicorn of a car. But it's a big jump from a Jensen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I am a very practical person. Practical. Okay. Tell me how Jensen Interceptor is practical. (laughs) Well, I mean, seats four, nice, reliable American engine, interesting European styling. Yeah, okay, okay. Totally practical. Big trunk, good to go. Okay, I get it. Would you care if it was a 383 or a 440? Well, I I would always go 440 if possible, but yeah. (laughs) Of course. I could probably do something with a 383 if I had to. (laughs) If you had to. Oh, gosh, listen to this. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Very cool. And then your other choice, was it a Viper? Yeah, yeah. Which I, um, Viper? I like the fifth gen, the, la- the last one. The earlier ones are great too, but like there are things about some of the earlier ones that are legitimate complaints. I don't like being hot in a car. <laughs> you know, I don't need the like pipes of fire underneath me and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, and the, the last generation, I just think they did such a good job. And I feel like the... I feel like the car suffered from kind of all of the wimpy journalists who complained about the earlier models and and just assumed that the last one was the same. But uh, I did a story back when I was at Roadkill where I, I had one for I think it was a GTS 
I had one for four months that I just used as a daily driver. You know, I live in Los Angeles. It's a lot of traffic, long distances, hot weather, all that stuff. And it was no problem. I mean, other than the fact that I got one large left calf muscle, the it was just a really fabulous car. And I was extremely sorry to give it up. Yolana, we had it. Jim Pickering found us a Viper Coupe, uh, an ACR car, and we bought it with 900 miles on it. I think we put about 10,000 miles on it. And I have to say, I loved that car. You know, by then they had good air conditioning. I liked the lines Mm -hmm. of it. And it was so easy to live with and so brutally uncompromising. You could get yourself into trouble without You didn't have to think. You were just in trouble instantly (laughs) when you got behind the wheel of the car. Well, that, but if you... If you didn't want to get into trouble, you just didn't use so much. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't Ronald like it spun out ways. if you looked at it. It, it <laughs> yeah. you know. So, and I liked that too. I liked the fact that if I was foolish, the car very quickly was like, "Girl, you being a fool." But <laughs> exactly. if I if I was not foolish, then the car was like, "You are acting in a respectable manner, and I will respond in kind." <laughs> I have a quick story to tell you, Alana, with my daughter, because she's raised on four-cylinder cars. And with a little Alpha, when you're passing on a two-lane road, it's a science. You pull right up behind <laughs> the car ahead of you. You make sure you're in the right gear. You're right at the beginning of the power band, and and you're daring, right? Then we went for a long trip in the Viper, and she said, Dad, this passing thing is so much easier in this car. <laughs> <Yeah>. Power <laughs> uh, on tap. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I, uh, you know, the Opel GT is probably a little bit like your Alpha, yes. and uh, I have to remember what car I'm in because, you know, if I'm swapping back and forth between, say, the the Opel and the Challenger, you know, I'm I'm like going five, maybe even six times the horsepower, and uh, yeah. it makes cool. a big difference in how you drive. Very nice. Let's talk about your business, Elena, your your writing, your other careers. How has today's market affected your life? Well, I'm a writer and I've been freelance for two years now. And the the media landscape is changing so fast that by the time we're done with a phone call, there's going to be like one less magazine somewhere and someone's going to be a new editor-in-chief of another magazine and there's going to be like three new websites. So uh, it's a weird thing to keep track of. I think, again, talking about transition phases, I don't know what the the future of covering cars is going to look like exactly for me. I mean, whether it's going to be video or online or newsletters or, you know, new magazines that nobody's introduced yet or big, beautiful books. But I think that the interest in cars and car culture is a thing that's still around, you know, people still really like to talk about cars and they might want to talk about them a little differently, or they might want to talk about different cars. But for me, I think that there's always, there's always somewhere where there's a story that needs to be told about, you know, about the cars or about who, who built them or how they were designed or how they're going to be designed in the future or who keeps them running now that they're old. Let me tell you, Alana, from the, uh, from the SCM perspective, we've, we're doubling down on print. 
there have been studies shown that uh, people don't transition from print to digital. It's it's two totally different reading experiences. And so, you know, we are about 200 pages an issue. We're adding another couple special sections and editions we're going to talk about. But we believe that there's a market out there for print magazines that truly connect with their readers and give them a special experience. So you're on the right team here. <laughs> well, definitely. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, most definitely. Alana, you've taken us on a great ride today. I really enjoyed talking with you. And it's fun having you be the first lady on the show. I think that's pretty cool. Would you offer our listeners maybe a little parting piece of wisdom or advice about buying, holding, and selling cars before we let you go? Yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do on a on a make money uh I'm not going to tell anybody how to make money on cars because in general, I don't. (laughs) But uh, I can tell people that if you love cars and if the car makes you happy, then that's a good investment. You know, your own happiness is worth investing in. And to me, the, the people that I know who are in the car hobby who seem to have the most joy in their lives are people who pay some attention to the market so that they're, you know, they're not losing all of their money in their car, but, but also just buy cars that they can use and share them with the people around them. I think that that's the goal. Great advice. What's the best way for people to learn more about what you're doing these days? I know you had the Challenge Her YouTube channel. That's cool. Yeah, um, Challenge Her is my username on pretty much all of the various social media accounts. So Instagram and Twitter. I have a Facebook page that I I share links to articles and videos on. Um, If you have interest in knowing how I feel about new cars, check out car driver and Edmunds. Uh, I do videos for Edmunds.com, which is really fun to review. Recently got to do a very long burnout in a red eye Hellcat Challenger, which is something I recommend. <laughs> yeah, for everybody. <laughs> um, keep an eye out towards the end of the year for a book about Don the Snake Prudhomme. And of course, American Car Collector and Sports Car Market. Absolutely. Listeners, again, you can find all these links on Ilana's show notes page on the Sports Car Market website. Just go there. And we'll have everything there linked for you. You can also find it on the Cars Yow website. Alana, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and fun stories. This has been fantastic. Alana, thanks so much for being here on Buy, Sell, Hold. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had a wonderful time. Uh, It's been great. You take care. Have a fantastic day. (laughs) You too. Bye. Hey, Mark Green here. If you love the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast, you'll want to listen to my Cars Yeah podcast where over five years I've interviewed over 1,475 inspiring automotive enthusiasts. You'll have free access to my guest shows five days a week. These are amazing people who share their world around cars, trucks, and motorcycles. I take a deep dive into their businesses, and they share with you how they've wrapped their passion for vehicles into their lives. Plus, go to the CarsYeah.com website and hit the free book button, and I'll email you my free filler-up book. It's an ebook filled with beautiful fuel filler fun and inspiring quotes from my past guests. Once subscribed, you'll get my weekly blog as well. You can find all the Cars yeah shows on CarsYeah.com or on any mobile device using your podcast app. Just search for Cars yeah Podcast and subscribe today. That way you'll get both Buy, Sell, Hold with Keith and me and the Cars yeah Podcast delivered right to your mobile device or your computer. Thanks for listening. We hope you have shed some light today on the collector car market. You can listen to all the Buy, Sell, Hold podcasts at sportscarmarket.com and carsyeah.com. 
you'll find hundreds of inspiring automotive enthusiasts on the Cars Yeah website as well. Be sure to log into sportscarmarket.com and subscribe to Keith's SCM Weekly Newsletter. You'll find digital issues, insider event guides, and price guides, along with our platinum database, column profiles, classifieds, and many other resources. Join Keith and Mark next week to hear from another automotive industry leader who will help you determine when to buy, sell, or hold. 